0: Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It is early in the morning, and you're going to hear this on 22 September Friday morning, and I'm going to give you a little flashback Friday. Um, This is episode 100 of season 8, believe it or not. I I can't believe we've already finished another season on the podcast, but I told you back on episode 1 that season 8 was going to be 100 doses of hope, 100 doses of hope. That season started before my book launch for Hope is the First Dose. And I used it to introduce some of the concepts and some of the ideas around the treatment plan and how you deal with trauma and tragedy and the massive things. And the podcast has really taken off in the last month as the book has come out. And I know there's going to be a lot of new listeners. And so since we switched podcast hosts recently, we moved from Substack over to Transistor. The distribution is much more solid. And so people are hearing and finding out about the show. And um, uh, by the way, I'd love it if you would subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps. And also... Leave a rating or a review. Spotify doesn't have many ratings yet. Uh, Apple needs some more ratings. Ratings help other people find the show. So if you think it's helpful, leave a rating. Leave an honest review if you have time. Really appreciate it. And if you've read Hope is the First Dose, I would love for you to leave an honest review on Barnes & Noble or Amazon or wherever you review and read books. That would really help other people find the message of hope that we gave them. Listen, today I'm going to give you back the first episode of Season 8 slightly edited to make a little bit more sense since it's the 100th dose we're going to redose 100 doses of hope today because i gave you a treatment plan in there that's really from the book that you can learn to apply some self-brain surgery that you can do when you need to change your mind about the things you're going through to try to find the path back to hope again it's going to be helpful it's going to be hopefully a very useful tool for your bag of tricks that you need when life gets really hard because it's going to okay friend we're starting season nine tomorrow. I have an an interview with Mary Frances O'Connor, who is one of the leading researchers in the grief space. And she's going to talk about the neuroscience and neuroimaging of grief and complex grief and, and all those things. And it's really going to be a powerful look at how your brain handles losing someone or, or going through something really hard. And all of season nine, we're going to go deeper and deeper Into the neuroscience of how we're wired we're going to smash faith and neuroscience together to really help us become healthier and feel better and be happier and in that regard there's really only one question if you're ready to change your mind and ready to change your life here's the question hey are you ready to change your life if the answer is yes there's only one rule is where we learn to become healthier, feel better, and be happier. This is where we leave the past behind and transform our minds. This is where we start today. Are you ready? This is your podcast. This is your place. This is your time, my friend. Let's get after it. In this season, season eight, we're going to focus on hope. and Hope has a lot of different aspects and a lot of different meanings but the bottom line is if you lose hope in your life you lose everything hopelessness is deadlier than anything you can encounter it's the massive thing that will take you out if you don't get hope then you don't have anything even if you survive the problem even if your body keeps going if you lose hope you have lost quality of life you've lost everything and so We're going hard after hope, and this episode is going to be an overview of the self-brain surgery, the neuroscience, the the ideology, and the prayer and the focus attack for how we can grab hope and hold on to it when everything seems so difficult. Today, we're just going to have a little quick intro to the idea that we're going to get after 100 doses of hope, and I hope it's going to be helpful to you. We're going to give you the beginning of why I say hope is the first dose. I'm going to give you one self-brain surgery operation. To perform that'll help you. And we're going to give our theme song for season eight, which is I Have a Hope by our friend Tommy Walker. Remember, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind. Even when you've had a busy day, even when it hurts, you can always start today. Psalm 71:14. Psalm 71:14. As for me, I will always have hope. Say it with me. As for me, I will always have hope. When should you have hope? Always. Why? Because you have a God that you can trust, because you have a brain that he has given you that is smart enough to figure out an answer to the situation you're in or to figure out a different way to think about the situation that you're in, to find a new way to solve a problem, to find a new way to look at something, to find a perspective in a season when everything seems lost. There's always another way to process it. Romans twelve two says don't be conformed to the world. Don't buy into this idea that everything is always the way it's going to be or you can't change or you are who you are. No, don't buy into that. Don't be conformed to what society is telling you, but rather be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. The way you transform your life is not to get a better job. It's not to get a raise. It's not to have the biopsy come back clean. It's not to improve all your human relationships. All those things are important. But the way you transform your life is changing what's happening in the six inches between your ears, friend. It's true. What you think about and how you think about it and what you do next when a thought pops into your head is the defining thing that will determine your quality of life no matter what your circumstances are. I've written two books now. I've seen The End of You and Hope is the First Dose that relate to this this process of changing how you look at situations. We lost a child, which for me in my life so far in these 54 years is the most devastating thing that I can imagine. And I've seen other people, I I see every week in my practice, other people going through their massive thing, this most devastating thing that they're dealing with, whatever it might be. And I can tell you that when those things happen, I have studied people extensively now for the whole 23 years of my career. And I can tell you without question that the things that happen to you in your life if they are tied to your peace of mind, your faith, your joy, your hope, your happiness, all that stuff, if you tie them to the circumstances of your life playing out in a certain way, if the things that you think you know determine whether or not you can be happy, then when those things are taken from you, and sadly, they will be, then you will lose hope. And if you lose hope, you will lose heart. And if you lose heart, you will lose faith. And if you lose faith, you will lose peace and happiness and and quality of life in every way that it can be measured. If you lose hope, you lose everything. And so how do we detach circumstance from peace of mind? How do we detach good circumstances from a good feeling, a happiness, a hope, a joy, this unshakable foundation of joy that we're supposed to have as Christians? How do we get that there's a treatment plan. That's the good news. Sometimes life's going to shoot you out of what you thought you knew and into some other uncomfortable trajectory. And I talk about that in the first part of the book with the story from the Air Force when the ejection seat handle gets pulled and you weren't ready and you're shot off into space and you're not sure there's enough altitude for the parachute to open and you think you're going to die because this thing has happened. What do you do then? What you do then is you start with hope because hope is the first dose. And Why do I say that? I can have the best operation in the world. I can have the perfect prescription for what ails you. But if you don't have hope that it's going to help, you won't take it. If you don't believe my surgery will fix your problem, you won't get in the car and drive to the hospital. If you don't think that the relationship can be repaired even by God, then you won't pick up the phone and start with, hey, I'm sorry. If you don't believe it can get better. If you don't have hope that there is possibility of things improving, then you it doesn't matter how good the treatment plan is because you won't get to it. So hope is the first dose, okay? So Psalm 71, 14, as for me, I will always have hope. If that's your baseline, if that's your determination, if that's something you've promised yourself and vowed to God that I'm going to find a way to be a hopeful soul no matter what happens in my life, no matter what the circumstances are. So the question for us then is how do we get to that place where we can always be sure that we'll have hope. The treatment plan starts with what I call prehab. And prehab is this process. And let me back up for a second and just say this. Sometimes the massive thing happens before you can have prehab, okay? Sometimes you're going along in your life and you feel pretty happy and things are going okay and boom, this thing happens and you never thought it could happen to you so you weren't prepared. And that's what we call that trauma, right? This unexpected things that happen in life and we didn't spend any time thinking about them. We weren't ready for them and now we've got the massive thing. And so if that's your situation, if you've been thrust into the massive thing and you don't have, hadn't had the time to prepare and prehab ahead of it, that's okay Trauma surgery exists, trauma centers and emergency medical technicians and ER doctors and trauma surgeons and nurses exist because sometimes things happen to us in our lives that we're not ready for. And it's much more acute and it's much more dangerous and it's much more scary and it's harder and it sometimes is more life and death, okay? But if you find yourself in that situation, you can still use self-brain surgery. You still can. The treatment plan will still help you. So we're going to get there in a second. But if you haven't had the massive thing yet or if it happened in the past and you're trying to prepare for what happens next, if it happens again to you, if something else occurs, and it will, if you're still alive, something else is going to happen in your lifetime. So what do you do? I think prehab is the process. I I call it prehab. So what does prehab mean? When I'm seeing you in my office and you're going to have back surgery, you need to get stronger first. I'm going to send you to physical therapy so they can help you learn mechanics and learn how to take care of yourself and get stronger and be ready to undergo the trauma of surgery. So you need to have something ahead of time that helps you build resilience and strength so you'll have a better outcome, right? So on the self-brain surgery side, what is prehab? Prehab is acknowledging that massive things are out there lurking and they're likely to happen. It's not doom and gloom, but it's just being realistic that life is hard. Jesus said it, John 16, 33, in this world, you will have trouble. So yeah, there's going to be some trouble. So I'm going to prepare myself for that. So what's the first thing? My patient, Lucky Chuck Hobson, I tell you, introduce you to him and hope is the first dose and you're going to love him. He was an amazing guy, and he was what he called a hopeful soul. And what he told me was, when his wife was diagnosed with breast cancer, Wanda told him, Chuck, you decide what you believe about God Right now, before things get hard, you need to get to know who he is and what you believe about him because you're going to need him to hold on to if I die. You're going to need to not be questioning those things that you believe. You're going to need to have some solid things to lean on. And that's it. You make up your mind ahead of time to put some stuff in your heart, some promises, some scriptures, some songs, some whatever, some books, some ideas, some decisions that you've already made that you don't have to then try to make those decisions when the pressure's on because you've already made them. So you'll have a a brief period of time when the trauma knocks you out, but then you'll start remembering those things that you've taught yourself before. And the Holy Spirit will come alongside you and encourage you and remind you of those things, those words and those songs and those, those thoughts and those prayers that happened in the times before the massive thing. And I like to use Psalm 34. Psalm 34 is full of these things that you can use as little prehabs to help you. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. That goes with Psalm 71, 14. As for me, I will always have hope. So you're just going to say, I'm going to find a way to give God some praise in this moment. Some, I'm going I'm to lift this up to him and I'm going to give it to him so that then he can come alongside and help me get through the situation. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Why? Why? Is he turning to the afflicted here? Because the afflicted need to remember that God is out there and he's ready to help. So praise him for that. Give him glory, give him honor. Let us exalt his name together, it said. And then verse four, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. When you're hurting, remember to turn to him, seek him. He'll help you through it. If you keep going on through Psalm Thirty-four. He gets to verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. When you're in the massive thing, you need refuge. When I was in Iraq, I got caught outside in a mortar attack one time, and there was no place to go. I just found this concrete barrier, and I huddled up against it and hoped that I wouldn't get blown up. I didn't have a place to take refuge. But the Lord is always a place that you can take refuge in. So you can seek him and he'll answer you. He'll deliver you from your fears. You can turn your face to him. You can. It says, verse 6, this poor man called and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. He may not rescue you from the situation. But he can rescue you from the despair and the fear and the anxiety. And he can be with you alongside. That's why he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. When you take refuge in him, you are helping yourself navigate the massive thing. These are decisions that you can make ahead of time, friend. And down in verse 18, the one that helped me a lot after we lost Mitch, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. It's true. Friend, It's true. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's the prehab part, okay? Have something like Psalm 34 that you can put your fingers on and call on and bring back to mind and and remind yourself of when things seem so hard. And then there's the actual self-brain surgery part which is this idea that you believe three things. You believe that feelings are not facts, they are chemical events that point to stuff in your brain. So sometimes fear pops up and tells you, I'm doomed, everything is lost, I need to be terrified, I need to run away. But the truth is, you're feeling fear because it's a chemical response in your brain to something that's happening. It doesn't necessarily mean that all is lost, it's just trying to get your attention. So feelings aren't facts. And then the second one, not every thought that you have is true. Thoughts are always lying to you. About five times to one, you're wired for negative thoughts because there's all these synapses that are built in, muscle memory things to try to keep you from burning your hand or try to keep you from getting bitten by a snake or something. There's all these thoughts that pop in. I better not do that. I better not go there. This is not going to work out. That's not going to happen. You've got to remind yourself that not every thought that you think is true. They're just not. And the third thing, you've got to decide to relentlessly refuse to participate in your own demise, friend. First, no harm. Don't hurt yourself with malpractice. So what's malpractice? Malpractice in the self-brain surgery context is starting to believe that your feelings are always true, starting to think that your thoughts are always accurate, and starting to think that you have no choice but to react to thoughts and feelings instead of responding to them with your giant frontal lobes that God gave you that give you the ability to verify and test and decide how you're going to respond before you just reflexively react. This will change your life. If you learn that Romans twelve two thing, again, don't be conformed what the world to what your brain to what your synapses to what your neurotransmitters are trying to make you do but rather be transformed by what the renewing of your mind change your mind and you will change your life now let me give you one little self-brain surgery technique i've been reading richard foster's amazing book celebration of discipline again he wrote it 30 some odd years ago 40 years ago now i think maybe longer i gotta look that up And he talks about meditation and what meditation and prayer are. And the Eastern sort of mystics and Buddhists and all those and now the yoga folks and a lot of modern people using the term meditation for what they're just trying to describe as clearing their mind and learning to get their thoughts under control. That's not what scriptural biblical meditation is. Christian meditation is filling your mind with better stuff, with trying to learn how to hear God's voice. Yeah, quiet the noise and listen for God's voice, the still, small voice that Elijah talked about, which we talked about on Tuesdays with Tata. So learning how to take your thoughts and get them filtered through stuff that's true, calling on better things, Learning not to believe that every feeling and thought are true and learning not to hurt yourself with bad reactions. Don't treat a bad feeling with a bad operation, right? Don't, if I have a bad feeling and I choose the wrong surgery and do the wrong surgery, then I'm committing malpractice, right? choose the right thing. And the right thing comes from biopsying your thoughts and making the appropriate decision before you respond to those thoughts and feelings. Okay. The Quakers, as Richard Foster talks about, and by the way, Richard Foster's coming on the podcast this month. He's going to be on the podcast in a few weeks and you're going to love it. Richard Foster talked about this Quaker practice that they call palms down, palms up, palms down, palms up. And the idea is, Anything that you can't handle yourself, if it's too heavy, if it's too hard, if it's impossible for you to solve, if it's out of your control, then you can turn your palms down and let them fall out. And God will be faithful to catch them and help you take care of them. So if you get into this place, he calls it meditation. Just get in your morning quiet time for a minute, maybe today or tomorrow, whenever you have a chance to get into a quiet place and think about something that's going on in your world that you can't fix. You, you have a glioblastoma or your your spouse is dying of melanoma or your your job is out of control and you think you're going to get fired or you're, you're bankrupt or, or whatever it is. You can't fix it. You can't control it. So turn your palms down and let it fall out. And God will say, I, I, I see you. I hear you. I'm going to help you with this situation. I'm going to help you in a way that I have a plan for. And I'm going to help you process it. And we're going to find a way for you to find hope again. So you turn your palm down. So just mentally think of that thing that you've been holding on to and dealing with. And literally, I'm doing it right now with something I've got in my mind. Turning my palms down and letting that fall. I can see it in my brain. I'm I'm making a decision. I'm going to perform the operation of turning my literal hands over and letting that situation fall into God's lap so he can take care of it. And then after you've let go of stuff that you can't carry and you can't control and you can't fix and you can't solve and it's too big or too much or too heavy or too hard for you, then turn your palms up and receive some things that you need from him. This is important. Literally, I'm doing it right now. There's some things I need, and I'm going to just – I'm going to pray, God. I don't know how to deal with the situation, so I just turn my palms down and let you take them. And now there's some stuff I need. I need peace about this. I need wisdom to navigate it. I need charity to forgive people who are hurting me. I need love. I need to love them more than I have. I need to receive from you direction. Hold your palms up and let him put in. Do you see it in your mind? See the, the process of God handing you the thing that you need to help you get through this situation. and And be a little bit mature about it, right? It can be financial, right? Maybe, you, maybe you literally can't make the house payment. You need God to help you solve that. But it's not likely that you're going to open your hand and then open your eyes after you pray and that money's going to be in your palm that he doesn't usually do that stuff, right? It's more likely that he's going to give you a notion. Hey, call the bank and tell them you need a few extra days and you'll try it. And lo and behold, they say, okay, we can give you another two weeks. Maybe, okay? Maybe he says, hey, wait a minute. You forgot about this other checking account that you had. Maybe there's just enough in there to take care of that problem. Maybe you forgot that there's a dividend check coming. Maybe you forgot. Maybe you haven't thought about your uncle who could help you out. Maybe there's some other way that you could solve the problem besides praying that he'll put the the money magically in your Plant across the the living room, that you're just going to find that check in there that God put there. He's not going to do that, most likely. Maybe He's not going to let you win the lottery, but maybe you can receive from Him some wisdom about how to navigate that problem. Does that make sense? So sometimes we ask God for things and we need to be specific that God, I need this particular problem solved. I need a way to solve it, but we need to be less specific in what we ask of Him, maybe. Because sometimes maybe we don't ask for the right things. Maybe we need to say, God, help me think about this problem in a different way. Help me twist this Rubik's Cube in a way I haven't tried yet. Have you ever tried to do a puzzle, a Rubik's Cube, for example, and you keep trying, keep trying, it's not working, you finally give up, and then some eight-year-old kid will walk over and do it a different way, and boom, it's there, it's solved used to see those puzzles at like cracker barrels and stuff where they have two nails like twisted together and supposedly you're able to get them apart and you would fumble and fool with it forever and then somebody else would pick it up and instantly have it apart that's because there's a different way to solve it that you're not thinking about and that's what the palms down palms up kind of idea meditation concept self brain surgery idea can give you and i like to call it the trust transplant like take something that you can't figure out you can't solve, you can't handle, and turn those palms down and let it fall out. And then turn them up and let God put something in your palms that will help you. Either be at peace with it if you can't fix it or if it's unfixable, or have wisdom for another way to handle it, or have joy in spite of a problem that you can't solve. Let God transplant something in there because you know you can trust him. So get let, let something that you can't handle fall out and let something good fall in or be handed to you. Does that make sense? I'm just giving you this, this is day one of hundred doses of hope. I'm trying to give you a tool that you can use to help you out. I think it will. I think it will be helpful. we got some incredible guests coming up, friend, and they're all going to help us point to hope as we get to this self-brain surgery concept of the treatment plan that starts with hope because we can't change our lives until we change our minds. And it's self-brain surgery Saturday, and it's the first day of season eight of the podcast, and we can all together say, you know what? I want to change my mind. I want to change my life. I want to become a hope dealer. I want to understand that hope is the first dose. And I want to start today. And I want to play my theme song, Tommy Walker's song, I Have a Hope. I want to leave you with that today. And I hope this was helpful to you. I'm very excited and I'm very grateful that we're getting into our 800s now in episodes. It's unbelievable that you're doing this with me. I can't wait for you to read the new book. Pre-order it now anywhere books are sold. And we're going to have all kinds of cool stuff to give you. Music playlists and graphics and downloadable screensavers and T-shirts and all kinds of cool stuff coming in the next few days. Along with a whole bunch of great guests. And now it's time for me to go to work. I love you, friend. We are praying for you. Don't forget to pray for us, too. We've got a lot going on with this book launch coming up. And don't forget to always have hope. And don't forget that you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience, smashing together via self-brained surgery. Dr. Lee Warren. .substack.com And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.
1: That is yet awaiting me, my life's not over. A new beginning's just begun to have a hope. I have this hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God has a plan. It's not to harm me, but it's to prosper me. And to hear me when I call he in seats for me. Working all things for my good, though trials may come, I have this hope.